Father God, would you please speak to us through your word. Speak to our hearts and our minds. Amen. <coughs> well, today in our reading, we hear how Elizabeth blesses Mary. Or more accurately, how Elizabeth tells Mary that she is blessed. Uh, in Luke 1, an angel has appeared to Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, and told him that Elizabeth and he would have a miracle baby. They were both very old. And then a few weeks later, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and tells her that she would have a miracle baby. The first thing that Mary does after the visit of the angel is to go to see Elizabeth, to talk, because Elizabeth would have been the only person that Mary would have been able to talk with. And also, I suspect, to confirm that what the angel had said was true. Because if Mary went to Elizabeth and found that Elizabeth really was pregnant, then God could work the impossible. So Mary comes to Elizabeth and they speak together and Elizabeth uses the word blessed three times. Blessed are you among women, blessed is the fruit of your womb, and blessed is she who believed that what God said would be fulfilled. And I'd like to explore for a short while what it means for Mary to be blessed and what it means for us to be blessed. First of all, Elizabeth speaks of Mary as blessed. Blessed are you among women. To be blessed does not mean that we are happy now. In Luke chapter 6, verse 17, Jesus is talking to his followers. And he's saying to them that even though now those who follow him are poor, are hungry, weep, and are hated by all people, they are blessed. It's not exactly a definition of blessing that we would immediately accept. But Jesus says they are blessed because they are in a relationship with him now. They're in the right place. And one day they will be filled and they will laugh with deep joy. To be blessed is something that is objective. Imagine a baby born to a loving and extremely wealthy and secure and privileged family. The baby may be crying because they are teething, but you look at that child who is incredibly unhappy and you say, you don't realize it now, but you are so blessed. Mary is blessed even though life is going to get very hard for her. In the next few months, her fiancé will doubt her and almost ditch her. She will give birth in a cow shed 
and she will flee for her life and become an asylum seeker. When her boy becomes an adult, she will not understand him. And many years later, she will see him hated and despised and publicly tortured to death. She will weep. And yet Elizabeth says to her that she is blessed. Mary is not blessed because she's going to become some sort of goddess, some queen of heaven, who needs sacrifices and prayers, and who, if we please her, can put in a good word for us to her son. <laughs> That's a very long way from what the Bible teaches, or for that matter, from mainstream Anglican theology. Yes, as Mary herself says, surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. She is the nobody who does nothing, who is chosen by God simply because she is nobody and does nothing, to be the representative of humanity through whom God will bring salvation. The early church thinkers speak of her as the second Eve. The first Eve sinned by disobeying the word of God and through her physical and spiritual death came into the world. The second Eve, Mary, trusted the word of God and through her eternal life was born into the world. And Mary becomes the focus of the historic Israel. It's like looking through a magnifying glass and everything is focused in on her. In Revelation 12, we're told of a symbolic woman who gives birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule. That woman clearly represents Israel, but it also represents Mary. It's as if the whole history of Israel, the law and the promises, the relationship of God and his people, is focused in on her and on the child in her womb. And Elizabeth sees that Mary is blessed, not because of who she is or because of what she will become, but because of her relationship with God. Very interesting, in Orthodox iconography, and they've got this absolutely right, whenever Mary is represented, apart from in the Annunciation, she is always portrayed with Jesus either in her heart or in her hands. She is honoured because of her relationship with the Son of God, because she has been chosen, as Elizabeth says, to be the mother of my Lord, and because even though she will see her boy crucified, she will also see him raised from the dead, vindicated and exalted. And secondly, Elizabeth speaks of the fruit of Mary's womb as being blessed. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary is blessed because the fruit of her womb is blessed. Elizabeth is echoing the words of Moses. Just before Moses died, about 2,000 years earlier, he spoke a blessing on faithful Israel. Blessed, he says shall be the fruit of your womb. That's Deuteronomy 28, if you want to look it up. 
Moses is saying that if Israel, if the families of Israel remain faithful to God and to the word of God, then their land, their flocks and herds will be blessed. They will see growth and abundance and they will have many and healthy children. But Moses was looking forward to one particular person, one particular fruit of the womb who would be blessed. More than that, who would be the blessed one. Jesus is the ultimate blessed one. He is not blessed because he lived a happy, successful and comfortable life. That's actually the sort of life that the devil offered Jesus when he tempted him. He says, if you worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world and all their wealth. And the blessed life that Jesus leads takes him to shame and rejection and pain and death. It takes him to the cross. But Jesus is blessed because he is the one who is in the ultimate right place with God. He's the one who is the eternal son of God. He is in the father's heart and his heavenly father is in his heart. And after he has been stripped of everything here and after he has wept and suffered, Jesus is blessed because he will be brought back from the dead and he will be vindicated and exalted. And he is the blessed one, and he is blessed because his destiny is eternal joy, a blessing which he delights to share with us. And thirdly, Elizabeth has spoken of Mary as blessed, spoken of Jesus as blessed, the blessed one. And now she speaks of how those who believe that the word of God will be fulfilled are blessed. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And this is so important because this is the key thing I think Luke is trying to tell us in these stories. I mentioned how in Luke chapter 1 an angel visits Zechariah and Mary. There are very close similarities between the two stories. Read them through. It's a fascinating read. Look how they contrast. Look how what the angel says to Zechariah, what the angel says to Mary, what, what, what the writer says about the baby Jesus, about the baby John the Baptist. But there's also a big difference. Zechariah does not believe the words of the angel. And so the angel tells him that he will not speak until the baby is born. And, and, and the words are very interesting. He says, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And then notice what Elizabeth says to Mary. You will be blessed. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And while Zechariah does not believe that God's word will be fulfilled, is unable to speak for nine months, Mary, who does believe God's word will be fulfilled, does speak. And having visited Elizabeth, now sings the song that we know as the Magnificat. Magnificat means magnify. I think of, again of a magnifying glass. 
Uh, it means make bigger, praise. Uh, and in the Magnificat, Mary magnifies, declares the glory and faithfulness and works of God. She praises God because he will fulfill his word. And she speaks of how God has kept his word, the promise he made to Abraham and his descendants forever. She is the lowly one that it speaks of in the Magnificat. The lowly in the Bible, the lowly, are not only the poor, but, and this is more important, they are those who realize they have nothing else that they can put their trust in apart from God and his word. She is the lowly one who put her trust in God, who has been lifted up by God. And Mary looks forward to the coming kingdom of God when the Son of God, her Son, will reign and when God will make good on his promises. It will be the time, as just as she was raised, when the lowly, the people who have nothing, who have put their trust in the promises of God, will be lifted up, vindicated and exalted. And in the Psalms, the lowly is used as a word to describe Israel, when Israel is being faithful, the people of God. One of the remarkable things about the Magnificat is that Mary speaks as if God has already done what he promises to do. He has scattered the proud. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Has he? Well, I don't really see it having happened yet. All he has done is visited Mary and told her that she will give birth to the Son of God. But for Mary, and this is the important point, for Mary, who has put her whole trust in his word, it is as if God has already done everything. She is so certain of God. She has such a conviction that God will fulfill his word that she praises him as if it has already been done. Luke really wants us to get this message, that what makes Mary so significant is not her being the human mother of the Son of God, but her faith in the Word of God. He tells how later a woman calls out to Jesus as he's teaching, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. And Jesus replies, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Elizabeth declares the blessing of God on Mary, on Mary's womb and on Mary as the representative of all who believe that the word of God will be fulfilled. At the end of the service, I'm going to pray the blessing the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. I sometimes expand it a little bit. Many people think it is a prayer that God will make life go well for them, that they will have success and that all their problems will be solved. 
Vicars and priests and pastors and ministers get asked to bless pets and homes and cars and weapons and businesses. I heard of one priest who told me how someone asked him to come out and bless his business. It was only when he turned up that he discovered that the business was a brothel. And if there is to be any power in the blessing, and it's not mere words, then we can only declare God's blessing on what God would bless. And withhold blessing, keep quiet, in other words, when God would not bless. You might remember an incident in the Old Testament when Balaam uh, went to, uh, was, uh, where Balak was asked by Balaam to go uh, and curse uh, the Israelites. And he uh, goes onto the mountain and instead of cursing, he blesses. Three times this happens. Finally, the person who's paid him to curse the Israelite gets a little bit fed up and wants his money back. And Balaam, Balak says to him, I can't do anything other than what God says. If God blesses, God will bless. God withholds his blessing. God withholds his blessing. And in fact, the blessing at the end of the service is not really a prayer asking that God will bless you. It is more a declaration of the fact that the blessing of God is with you. Uh, in, in Ephesians 1, we are told that in Christ, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing that there is. You see, here in Luke 1, we see that God blesses the lowly, those who are prepared to trust him completely, and who, like Mary, believe that his word will be fulfilled. That is why a blessing at the end of the service is so appropriate. We've come out of the everyday world that we live in to focus on the world that really matters. With Mary, we have sung the praises of God. With Mary, we have heard and received his word. With Mary, we've said our yes to him in the words of the creed or in the prayers. And with Mary, we've declared our praises. And with Mary, we have come before him as the lowly, with nothing and no one else to trust in, in order to receive the bread and wine and by faith to receive Christ into our hearts, our minds into our very bodies. And in the light of that, I can, with all the authority of the people of God, declare God's blessing on you, that you are blessed by him. <laughs>